Hey, Mutant Fam. Uh, this is Frank with MutantFam.com. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Quarantine Radio. I got with me again this week, John from the mega popular YouTube channel Survivor's Guild and Matt from, I haven't come up with a catchphrase yet for, for your podcast, but uh, Matt from Garage of Horror. Uh, and we're going to have a couple other guests today. We're going to have Mike from Video Creep and, and Dan from TYTD. We're literally going to have the whole crew hanging out with us today. So that's super cool, but they're going to be a couple minutes late. How are you guys doing today? Awesome. Yeah, right. I'm doing pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> we just finished recording uh, the, the other segment of our podcast. You're going to hear this segment first. We do our court case and we do our, our little talk show. Uh, but we just finished recording that. We did the people versus, pen, uh, people versus Pinhead. That was freaking ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did a good job muddying up the waters on that one. <laughs> right. Right. So, so <laughs> that's going to be our, you know, our kind of. Our, our our weekly routine uh this is only week two but i hope you guys are already enjoying you know what we're offering here as, as listeners we had a lot of good responses last week um we're going to put up polls for all of the the court cases so you guys could help us decide who the winner was so on wednesday make sure to come back to listen to that episode and, and put your vote in um guys we're going to talk about a couple of things today you know the big conversation i know you're excited for matt uh is is physical media versus digital media we're going to talk about how Twitter has been treating Diana Prince by turning off her likes and her, her retweets and stuff. Bullshit. Um, <laughs> uh, and we're just going to talk again. It's going to be general, like what's been going on in the Twitterverse, what's been going on Instagram and, and all that. Um, what's new with you guys? What has been going on? You, you want to yeah. go first, Matt? I know you can go ahead. Mm -hmm. <laughs> all right. Uh, you know, not a, not a whole lot's new here. We just went into, uh, I guess, active quarantine this last week. Mm -hmm. uh, but being as how my profession apparently is uh, necessary, I will still be going into work. Hopefully I'll be able to work from home a little bit. Um, but yeah, I'm going to take a few days off from work next week, try to try to get some videos done. Um, let's see. Uh, I, there's not really a whole lot new. Uh, I've, I watched a movie this last week that was just not good um maybe we'll talk about that a little bit <clears throat> which one was, was it it was selfie man oh i've heard of it <laughs> yeah see i've never heard of it either i found it at the pawn shop the other day and i was like oh man i gotta get this one i'll probably end up covering it for the channel uh but the ending is so confusing that i'm gonna have to figure out how to cover that exactly with a kill count or uh survival stat of any sort but dude it it was really ridiculous because when you see the case and then you, you kind of, it's called selfie man for crying out loud. So you, you know where it's going. And then the movie pulls the rug right out from you with this really weird twist of what actually ends up happening, except it's so crappy that you kind of go, well, I never saw it going this way, but that was a horrible choice that they made taking it to this, uh -huh. but it was a ridiculous movie. <clears throat> um, other than that, uh, building up a following on Instagram and uh, sending them over to my YouTube channel, which is sweet because I've watched those views. You know, you can, if, if even, if any of you guys make a YouTube channel and you download like the Tubi app, um, you can check and see, you know, how many times the videos are getting viewed and stuff like that. And so I've been keeping track of that and it's kind of cool when you're not necessarily promoting your channel, but mm -hmm. those views are dropping anyway. So you're like, oh, cool. People are checking it out They're They're somehow finding it and watching the videos anyway. 
So right. it's kind of like, oh, neat. It's, that's happening. So, Dude, you know what I've been really excited about is uh, I, I started working on the SEO for the website. Hey. We're, we're all just we're, – none of us are on camera because we're just doing an audio, but we, we can all look at you if you want. You, you stay on oh, camera, Mike. Look that. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so so we, we already – like we're live technically. We already did our intro. Uh, Mike from Video Creep just joined us. Um, welcome. How you doing, bro? We we were up till freaking five a.m. my time last night drinking, dude. I got I got really shitty. Like I was drunk. <laughs> man, that's what happens, man. You just you go and you go. Like I drank fucking ten beers on camera. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I only had the six, but it was in like two and a half hours, and I, you know chugged them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's what happens on there. <laughs> Yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> right. yeah, Matt, I don't think I've ever actually like. <coughs> Hi. I don't think we have either. So hello. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, Mike, uh, Matt. That's cool that you guys are getting to meet. Um, freaking, my wife walked out last night at five a.m. and uh, I go, "Oh crap, Mike, I gotta go. Love you. Oh shit, I mean, I love you to my wife." Wait, what? <laughs> and she is not letting me let that like that's never gonna be let go of. <laughs> yeah, that's never going away. <laughs> never. Because I mean I'm literally looking at her. I'm like, love you. I'm like saying it to her, but like I accidentally it was just a fucking wreck. <laughs> wait a second, wait a second, Frank. Am I to understand this correctly that prior to 5 a.m. this morning, your wife did not know of your love for Mike? I, I had not you know, told her anything about it. She, she like, she, I don't know. Yeah, I guess not. <laughs> Shockingly you enough, you love me. It's fine. Absolutely. <laughs> I never said, dude. I didn't even argue that I didn't like. You're right. I didn't even make the argument to her that I didn't love you. I never said I don't love Mike. <laughs> I was just like, oh snap, my bad. That was meant towards you. But I never said I don't love you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad that you didn't at least deny me. Yeah, right. see, I was going to say, if my wife heard me say that to Mike, she'd go, oh, yeah, I already knew about that. Dude, we, we literally started the night with, like, I was like, oh, snap, yeah, it's 2 in the morning. Like, I didn't even tell my wife I was going to do this. I kind of just let her go to sleep and stuff. And then one of you said, oh, yeah, if she walks out, she's just going to think you're gay or whatever anyway. And then, <laughs> like, I'm just sitting here at 2 a.m. chatting with two dudes or whatever. Like, she, she compared it to being a fucking teenager. She's like, you and your fucking teenager friends just chatting all night, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad that we were able to do it. Yeah, that was sick, dude. And it was cool to have the audience interacting. Like right now, we're not doing. We're, we're doing this the same way through Streamyard, but like it's not live. I have it unlisted, and I'm just gonna edit it later. But like, just like I was telling them before you got on, like there was no difference in your like you were talking and then you clicked go live in the middle of a sentence like there, there, was no, there was no lead up there was no intro it was just like you know it was very casual just hanging out uh, hey hey frank uh -huh. dan dan is stuck on call waiting so is this like can we only have a maximum of four people i thought it was a maximum of six but i, I mean i mean when we did it with ditlev there was at least five of us yeah, yeah there was um I haven't gotten any sort of notification, so I don't know. Yeah, he said I'm I'm stuck. Oh wait, he said I'm I'm stuck in a call waiting to get into this one. Okay, so I think he's doing something else. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, freaking quarantine radio. Welcome. Uh, what we're doing is we're just bullshitting about what has gone on in the past week. 
on Twitter and Instagram and all of our social media lives, Mike, because that's how we get out and about now. And part of that was just bullshitting and drinking last night. That was like, that really replaces a, a huge feeling of like, like missing out on something, missing out on going out on a Saturday night, missing out on bullshitting with your friends. Like that fucking felt so real. It didn't feel forced. It didn't feel like, like a, a second place replacement it felt like a good replacement <laughs> yeah no i agree that's that's really what i dig about those live streams which i i've never been a live stream person before like i'll do it every now and again on like instagram through my stories and shit but like doing it on like youtube specifically or like your stream yard like this and getting to connect with people it does feel like you're legitimately just with people mm -hmm. right. yeah, that's how we're gonna start doing it when we're all forced underground like day of the dead yeah, <laughs> I would have went planet uh, beneath the planet of the apes, but yeah, same fucking thing. <laughs> same concept, man. Underground. <laughs> <clears throat> so the the big conversation, and we'll jump into it. Uh, we got into a, a little spiff the other day in chat over um, physical media versus digital media because, like, fifteen years ago, I sold all my DVDs. I, I burned them all, ripped oh, them all to a computer. Yeah. I ripped them all to the computer. <laughs> yeah, so I know I'm going to be the loser in this argument. <laughs> uh, this is the downfall of mutantfam.com. I've, I've, I've since then just purchased things digitally and just relied on streaming and, and just having uh, ripped, you know, videos and, or movies and such. What are your, like, why are you guys so adamant about owning physical media? What about it? I don't know. I just remember when we were in the chat and you were like, I don't have physical stuff. And I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I hadn't seen her. Like, we, we've, I've, we've all said some crazy shit to each other. <laughs> and I've never seen a response like that. I was like, what did I say? <laughs> you know what you said. My bad, I'm That's sorry. Right. You know what you said. You know, and, like, and I got rid, I stopped getting comic books for a long time too. Like I went digital with comics. And like when I went back to physical, like it was because of the smell and the feeling. And so like I do have that like like I almost feel like nostalgic now. Like I have my VHS tapes. I have hundreds of tapes still, but I kind of I gave up in the middle of DVDs. Like I just felt like everything was transitioning to digital. And I was like, ah, I'm going to just jump on it before, you know, before it happens. But I guess I have been wrong. Like obviously Blu-rays are important. You get the, the higher definition. You get to own it like and you don't have to worry about someone taking it away from you because they take it out of the library. Um, but do you also like collect them? Like, do you guys have, I know Matt, you keep them in a binder. So like, what are your ideas about like the, the actual art and the collectability of some of them? Well, like, I mean, like I, I like the art that's on the discs. Like I hate, and luckily they don't really do it anymore, but like, I would hate like, you know, when you would get a DVD and it would just be a blank disc. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, sure. Like, like that <sighs> shit drove me crazy. So, you know, and honestly, like the disc art is where I get a lot of my art now because I did used to have like all my, you know, all the cases, but just let me put it this way. Okay. So like I have eight binders, right? Eight, all eight binders hold 306, about 360 to 365 movies. Okay. And I just bought a bunch of new shit. So I got to go buy, an, I got to go buy a ninth binder. So that way, just so you understand how many discs, I have. <laughs> yeah. No okay. Doubt. So, so to, to try to keep all those on a, on a shelf, like I, I would need like shelves upon shelves, right. you know, and like in a small house with like three kids and, and another one about to come out. Like, I just don't have, you know, the room for that. Um, if I get something real special, like, uh, like when they, uh, 
when they re-released that when they released that that uh exorcist box uh, box set on blu-ray you know like it came in that big box and it had like the book and like every movie like i've got that box it's like on a shelf like you know like in the basement like there's mm-hmm. i have like that like the goonies so like stuff that like comes like in a legit like special box like i'll put the box downstairs but yeah, like most of my, yeah, I just, I like to collect, man. I like, I like to have the physical, the media and it's, it, it's almost like I got my own library. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's exactly what it's like. Like, I know for me, it's, it's the fact that it's just fucking hardwired. Like I can't get away from the fact that like when I'm able to find something that I really dig or that I really wanted to watch and shit and I'm able to get a physical copy of it. It's like, I remember being a kid and coming across it in the store and just fucking wanting it so goddamn bad. I've just never gotten away from that feeling. Right. And I mean, just look when we try to do like the watch parties for stuff, like sometimes like, you know, it's like, oh, okay, well watch it. However you can watch it. Like, you know, like some of us have discs, you know, and then like, it's like, oh, well, can you stream it on Amazon or Netflix or this? And I mean, like there's a lot of movies that do that, but then like every once in a while you will come across a movie that like if you don't have a disc of it, like you can watch it, you know, like, oh, like the grudge. When I was doing my write up for the grudge, when the new one came out, I wanted to watch. I watched the original one on Tubi, and then I wanted to compare it to the 2004, you know, version with Sarah Michelle Gellar, mm-hmm. and it's not available anywhere. No, on a single streaming service. So the only way you could see it is if you have it, because it went out of print. Like you can find a couple on eBay or like third party Amazon, and they cost a, an arm and a leg. So yeah, dude, that that right there is why I keep physical. Right, Dan was. Dan just joined us uh, from TYTD Reviews, our home in England. Uh, good evening. <laughs> <laughs> um, Does Dan sound like a robot to anybody else? Yeah. <laughs> Am I sounding proper robot here? Just a little bit. That no, is definitely a robot. <laughs> yeah, you're coming through all, like, uh, uh, whatever the word is, pixel. Static. Static. Um, I've tried turning the volume up a little bit. Is that okay? Or is it still roboting? Very well, robotic. Yeah. You're like a robotic accent, and I want you inside me. Uh, <laughs> not again. <laughs> Ron, so We're all you, Skynet. To uh, to go back to just like the the digital versus like uh, physical thing. Does mm-hmm. anyone else feel like? Because I know I definitely have this a little bit. Does anyone feel like when you have a vis- like a nice thick collection of stuff it kind of feels like a subtle flex <laughs> yes yes absolutely we so we had a uh for for christmas for the christmas party for my uh for my work we had like a progressive dinner i don't know why we did it this way but we just went to everybody's house and we would go to one person's house and have the appetizer and then we'd come to a different person's house and have the salad and stuff like that and i took them down i took a, a couple of the guys that i work with or the boyfriends of the girls that i work with downstairs uh, to a, my workout room because the workout room is where I have all my DVDs set up. And it does feel like a subtle flex yeah. where you're like, dude, check out my, my collection. And on top of that, I'm even, I've considered in the past because I've got so many setting up some sort of like DVD rental because one of the joys of going to, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm sure that this is going to be the experience of most of us here when you're a kid and you're going to the video rental stores and you're looking at those VHS covers in the horror section. Mm-hmm. The only place where those things were even interesting was the horror section. And that's where I always went as a kid to look at these horror movies and just the box art. And now 
I have that in DVD and Blu-ray form. You don't get that same effect by jumping onto Google and looking up horror movie images. You no, know, dude, I'll, I'll give you that. Cause like, I, I literally have tried to like get that sensation by just scrolling through my iTunes library, looking at all of the, the box art. And I'm like, eh, this is not quite the same, you know? <laughs> So yeah, I went to a flea market recently and they had like a wall set up with like, it was as if someone sold their entire VHS collection all at once to put up for sale. There were hundreds of tapes and it made me so nostalgic. All, all of my tapes are at my dad's house in Pennsylvania, like three, four hours away. But uh, that's part, part of it to me is the, the display aspect of it. I like what you're saying, the flex, the like, look at what I have. It's like your bookshelf. Like when someone yeah. comes, I, that's how I judge someone. I walk in your house, I look at your bookshelf and I'm like, just, you know, it's a very, you get an inside unique look at what that person thinks and knows. And your movie shelf is very similar in that regard. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I absolutely. like like being a little kid with like, you know, you go to school with like a really dope toy and you're like, look, I have the blue. <laughs> and then you meet some other asshole who also brought his toys to school. And he's like, well, I have all five and they make the fucking mega whatever asshole. It's like, oh, fuck. Now this is this kid's cooler than me. Right. <laughs> Dan, uh, what, what are your thoughts? I know you're big into physical media, too. So like what what about like owning the disc is, is your favorite part of, of owning it? Uh, just just before we get anywhere, do I still sound like a a, a British robot? Or no, you I sound significantly it? better now. Yeah, you sound way good. Now you just sound British. <laughs> I, uh, I threw my broadcast mic out the window and just went back to using tin cans. Um, <laughs> good old tin cans. Um, yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a big uh, advocate for um, collecting physical media. Obviously, over here we had a lot of fun in the 80s and 90s with uh, the old video nasties and. Uh, the mass destruction of tapes on mass, which was always good fun. Um, so I, I, I'm a big fan of the artwork in particular. Um, I collect these tapes myself. I've got a, a big stack of old rental tapes that I keep. Uh, you can sometimes see them in the background of some of my Instagram photos. Um, but some of the artwork on those early VHS tapes are just absolutely phenomenal. They can make a terrible, terrible movie like look like a clean 10 out of 10. <laughs> Yeah, and, and it'll make you watch that entire terrible movie just to like the very bitter end, hoping that that thing on the box is going to happen. And oh, like yeah. nine, nine times out of ten, it won't. You're like looking at artwork that you're like, <laughs> where did they come up with this? This has nothing to do with the movie I'm watching. <laughs> I, I had exactly that happen the other about two or three months ago. I was reviewing um, some films to sort of see which ones I was going to talk about coming up. And there was um, one that I found on eBay called Twice Bitten. And I looked at this cover, and it's just got this beautiful woman with, like, tremendously large cleavage, just dripping with blood with a massive vampire with a knife in the background. And I was like, geez, I am sold on this. I am getting this right now. So I, I bid on it, and I, I got it, and I got it home, put it in, and it turned out that it wasn't a film called Twice Bitten. It was an American film called Vampire Hookers. Um, <laughs> and if anybody has seen that movie... <laughs> It's just unbearable. It's literally about an hour and a half that can best be described as two sailors wander around the Philippines for an hour and Igor farts a lot. Um, and that's it. The biggest, that's it. The biggest comedy bit of the entire film is um, Dracula's servant does a big fart gag and then the film ends and that's it. That's, that's the horror and the comedy of the movie all in one. Still keep the cover, but the film is just awful. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, Sleepaway Camp 2 and 3. Like, both of those, their covers are no one in that movie. It's just some hot chick. <laughs> I <laughs> wondered about that. <laughs> what I particularly love about the Sleepaway Camp ones is um, Sleepaway Camp 3, the poster for Sleepaway Camp 3, they reused it for Sleepaway Camp 4. Yeah, they, they reused it for Sleepaway Camp 4, but they just zoomed it out slightly. <laughs> so Sleepaway Camp 3, so the three poster sort of cuts off um, the woman on the front cover's face by a nose, so it just shows the nose down. Sleepaway Camp 4, they literally just show the full face and that's it. That's the only difference in the posters. <laughs> this movie is progressing, look at this. <laughs> Sleepaway, Sleepaway Camp 5 just shows a lovely forest and that's it. <laughs> So, being that you guys all are, are physical media advocates, do you own anything digitally? Like, are there any times where you just go and buy a movie through iTunes or whatever uh, and just keep it on your computer? Or is everything you guys own, you, you buy physically? I've done a couple right now just because, I mean, like uh, like The Invisible Man and like The Hunt, you know, like stuff like that that they're releasing early oh, yeah. you can't go to the movie theater. Well, like digital is the only way you can get it. It's like, oh, okay, I want to watch it. So, like, I mean, I, I've bought. Over the last couple of days, let's see, I've bought The Invisible Man, The Hunt. Uh, me and my wife watched Birds, you know, The Birds of Prey um, and Bloodshot. You know, so it's like, okay, now I have four digital movies. But like, it was out of like, I want to watch something I don't have. You know, that was the only way to do it. Yeah. You know, like if I could have went to the store and bought it, I would have. <laughs> Amen. Cool. Well, I have no arguments for digital and, and per se. I'm almost uh, like you guys. My wife's gonna fucking get so upset that I'm gonna start a new collection again now. It's not even <laughs> <laughs> to your point earlier. Like I, I wouldn't like if I were to be buying them, I'm gonna display them. I'm gonna have a fucking shelf showing every single one of them. I can't put them in a binder. I'd feel like like I'm hiding them then. So yeah, she's gonna get real annoyed when I'm like, oh, I need another wall of space now, honey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I. I only recently started um, looking into digital myself. Um, predominantly, like I say, I always buy physical. But um, recently, Google Movies did like a 70% off sale on their films. Mm -hmm. So I just went on and took a browse because normally I wouldn't go anywhere near them because it's like they want 25 quid for a film that was released like 30 years ago. And I'm just, no, go away. <laughs> but they had this 70% off sale where they were knocking down some titles to like a couple of quid each. So I thought, well, you know what? Okay, I'll have a look. And they had stuff like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre going for like £2, which is about $3.25 to own permanently. And I just sort of sat there and thought, you know what? If I'm ever stuck on a flight somewhere or on a train and I need an hour and a half to kill, you know, why not? So I bought a few of these titles. And the now, now I tend to just go for if the film is out of print, if it's only available in America or, or not available in my country, or if it's ludicrously expensive, then I'll go download. Otherwise, I'm still physical. Right. Mm -hmm. I think I would buy more <coughs> digital like copies of something if they offered a different level of quality. Like I've been saying for years that I think VHS is out, it's you know, it's one of the worst fucking formats of watching TV. However, when it comes to horror, I think it adds so much to certain horror movies. Like, there are movies that I've watched as a kid on VHS that I thought were horrifying, and it was just because of that grain and that look of it. Mm -hmm. I think if there were digital copies that came out burned as VHS copies, I would buy a lot more digital movies than I actually do. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dude, I agree with that. 
That is absolutely hilarious that you mentioned that because that seems exclusive to the horror genre. Oh, absolutely. You, you don't see people out there going, man, I really wish I had Titanic on VHS. <laughs> it's everywhere. You can find it. Every fucking thrift store in the world has 12 copies of it. Yeah, exactly. Because you had to switch <laughs> over the, the, the tape. The on VHS. Yeah, you did. The two tapes. <laughs> um, what do you, do you guys know uh, Broke Horror Fan, Ritter Entertainment? They make VHS copies of like uh, uh, Satanic Panic and they did a VHS of Tusk. And have, have you guys seen their what they offer? No, but that's amazing. No, but I'll be willing to check it out. Yeah, uh, Broke Horror Fan, they, they do special, like 50 copies. Like they, they had a, they did a Victor Crowley release, like, like a special edition cover with blood and like a black and white cover. And like again, you're like you just said, you're not gonna find someone trying to release comedies on VHS nowadays. But like we sit here just with this nostalgia, willing to pay thirty dollars for a tape you're never gonna watch. Like, <laughs> like I'd be terrified to put that thing in a VCR. Like, oh, it's gonna break it. It's you know what I mean. Like, you just want to put it up on a shelf, like with all your Blu-rays, with all your DVDs, with whatever, with your action figures of Jason next to it. Like, I only ever did it one. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Like that's, that's where video, like video, you know, Mike was talking about, like, that's where the subtle flex comes in, where I'm, where, you know, like, I'm like, yeah, look, I got the video dead on VHS, son. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, am I going to put it in a VCR? Fuck no. <laughs> I, uh, no, that's a crazy flex. Like, if someone was like, oh, do you, uh-huh. do you know Victor Crowley? And they're like, yeah, I have it on Blu ray. It's like, Bitch, I have it on VHS. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and their, their mouth drops, and yeah. they immediately just drool over the fact that you bought a new release on a VHS. <laughs> yeah, dude, I've looked into making them. You could get them made for like ten dollars. Like, uh, like you're thinking about getting like some Ditlev movies put on VHS or something like that. Amazing, <laughs> right? So. Um, when I, I worked at a flea market a few years back, like 2011 ish, I had a flea market booth and I was, I was selling some of my old VHS tapes and, uh, the whole thing, like I was selling my comic books, my old toy, I was selling my childhood pretty much. And like everyone would come into my booth <laughs> say that again. I said, that's just depressing. Frank. Yeah. When you say it like that, Jesus <laughs> Christ. I mean, it was, it was what it was. I was selling stuff that I didn't need anymore. Toys, like action figures. Like I was, I had moved out of home. It was like, let's sell some of my stuff. Like whatever. It was, it was clearly not seen Toy Story 3. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the thing I would get all the time is, oh, I would buy these movies, but I don't own a VCR. It was 2011. Like, it, so I would every uh, weekend, I, I would walk around the flea market and I would buy VCRs. Like I would just walk in the morning and, if you had if someone oh let me give you five dollars for that and i would bring them all back to my booth and i'd have like eight of them stacked up and i'd be like i buy three movies in a vcr for 15 bucks and uh i sold quite a few (laughs) the bravest yeah so bummed yeah well i mean it it was it was a cool little fucking summer like uh i was i I still have quite a few like i said a lot of people wouldn't buy it because who's buying vhs's so i still have most of the collection but it was it was it was an interesting thing like selling VCRs in in the current day. Um, you, like if you watched what happened with them, like they went down in price, and then all of a sudden, if you looked on eBay around that time, you could find VCRs for like a hundred dollars because just no one's manufacturing them anymore. 
Mm-hmm. Is this how you finance your acid your acid bonger van trip? Dude, you know it, dude. I, I spent entire summer fucking working at a flea market booth selling tie-dye shirts and, and, and comic books and, and horror movies. <laughs> Sounds like the American dream to me. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> right, right. It was a good summer. My dad ran it. It was it was uh he, he rented a little building on a five-acre piece of land. And then he was talking to the landlord one day. He's like, What are you doing with all this? acreage like uh can we set up some booths and like we started one weekend with just like 10 vendors and by the end of the summer we had 80 vendors and it was a fucking legit flea market beautiful yeah. nice i will say as far as like physical media goes and shit i will only buy physical media for horror like yeah. i never buy a comedy or like i guess a tv show would be the other exception like i love south park i have every south park on dvd so when a new one comes out i will buy that or like it's always sunny in philadelphia and shit shows are the only exception to horror movies that i will actually purchase how did you guys before shows were out on dvd and tape did you guys ever try to trade tv shows back in the day online did no. we ever into that uh, this, so this was the first thing that got like oh frank <laughs> you used to record shows and like record like trade them in like weird google icq chats and stuff and like i had every episode of every effing show you could imagine on tape and we people would trade this was before file sharing this was before things were even available on dvd so i had a like this was, i had a bunch of vcrs set up and i would like literally put a tape in the, the bottom one, tape in the top one, play record, play record. Uh, and, and that's how I watched shows back in the day because I wanted to own them. I can See, definitely I remember a time where I was like recording TV shows on VHS and stuff. But like yeah. that was, it was such a long time ago. And like, I'm, I'm sure I'm a lot younger than a lot of you guys in here. So I was just torrenting everything. Like I was always able to like freely download. Yeah. See, I I didn't record them to trade and stuff. Like mainly, like I only really did it with one show. Like I was home every Tuesday at eight, but I recorded Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Dude, Buffy, like, Buffy was <laughs> one I had everything recorded of that. That was literally, dude, no joke. Because, that was one of the first shows I was looking for, and when it didn't exist to buy every episode, yeah. I'm like, well, I want to own them. And plus, I want to. And plus, the W that w- during its first season and part of its second season, the WB wasn't a show, wasn't a channel that every buddy carried. So. Yeah. You know, it was like I did it just so when the summer came and I was in between seasons, I could watch it again and not have to wait till they showed the reruns on whatever night. Tuesday nights or something. Buffy <laughs> and Angel and like X Files and shit. Like there was there was a time in like, you know, media and shit where those were just like kings of horror when it comes to like shows. Mm-hmm. Tales from the Crypt. Like it, they all kind of happened at the same time. It was a golden fucking age for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to experience that all, like, and to and to watch it all live, like, like Buffy is a terrific example of a show that's like lasted through the ages, and people could really like binge it now and, and get through the whole thing. But like experiencing those shows every Wednesday and like just having that hype build up, like me and Matt have said to each other, I think previously, like I I would take off from work because I knew it was on at eight o'clock on a Wednesday. I cannot work that night. <laughs> yeah, I didn't go anywhere. My friends, I was in high school. My friends would be like, "Hey, do you want to go do this tonight?" And like my best friend would be like, "Tonight's Buffy night." <laughs> Which is what's so cool. Like it's a lost. Like look at like the the series finale of Seinfeld. Like fifty million people watched it or something like that. Like it's a lost form of communication that we're bringing back with these live tweets and with Shutter doing like 
like events like Joe Bob. Like it, it, it's something that for 10, 15 years, no one was watching things at the same time as each other anymore. We all had Netflix. We all just watched whatever the fuck we wanted. And it's cool that we're, we're, we're edging towards that again. No. Like wanting I mean, to have community views. I'm not going to lie. I'm getting seriously jealous of all of you guys because the only experience I really had of any of this, I live in a very small village in the middle of the sort of north of England. And it's a bit like um, Summer Isle from The Wicker Man. There's just, there's no one gets in, no one gets out. That's just the way it works. So when I was growing up, there was no, no one to trade tapes with the TV shows. There was one guy who I met in high school who managed to raid his dad's VHS collection. I had three Halloween films on tape. He had three Nightmare on Elm Street films on tape. We swapped them periodically, and as we grew our collection, we sort of swapped them with each other as well. It was like, have you seen this? Here's the tape. Go and watch it. Thanks for this. You know, that was it. That was all I had was this one kid. And it was scary talking to him because he was a very interesting person. <laughs> he was the kind of person who'd sit at the back of the class, and you'd just, you wouldn't make eye contact for more than three or four seconds. Um, but, yeah. That was that was my introduction to horror. So, see, that's really funny. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, sorry, I was just not finished. Oh, that's really funny because most of my horror experience wasn't even built on VHS. You know, occasionally I'd go over to my buddy's house and we'd walk down to the uh, movie rental place and we'd rent a couple horror movies. Uh, and invite a bunch of friends over and he'd have a bunch of friends over at his house and we would just sit down and watch, you know, like doll man versus demonic toys and stuff like that. And we'd sit there and basically make jokes about him. Uh, and then I think that's even how uh, I watched the Blair Witch Project is, is we went and rented it uh, on VHS and then sat there and watched that. But the majority of my horror movie watching was just what was playing on TV. Uh, I mean, on any given day, you could turn to one of the channels and you'd have a Nightmare on Elm Street or a Killer Clowns from Outer Space and just flip on and, and watch that for, you know, an hour and a half. And then the next movie would come on. So that that was the majority of my experience. I never got to trade VHS tapes with anybody because by the time I was actually buying my own physical media, DVDs had already come out. Yeah, me too. And I'm going to give away my age. <laughs> because, because yeah it was like you know you could like you said you could turn like you could turn on usa on a saturday afternoon and like nightmare on elm street would be on or, yeah. or, or halloween and then like you had usa up all night or um i used to watch freddy's nightmares during its right. original run on saturday, oh. on saturday nights that's oh, yeah i'm mad that show <laughs> so they used to in the uk they used to double feature it with the dukes of hazard so they'd have an episode oh, of Jigsaw of Hazard and then Freddy's Nightmares. That fits somehow. Yeah. <laughs> that's an interesting combo. Yeah, you know, Boss Hog, Freddy, they're the same thing. <laughs> Both are really bad guys, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that was, that was like, because they, in the UK, they had this real stick for horror films. They wouldn't, they'd either show it cut to within an inch of its life, so it'd basically be a PG. No matter what film it was, it would be cut to within nothing. Or they would show it at like three o'clock in the morning, and that was it. That was your one chance to catch, you know, The Evil Dead uncut three o'clock in the morning. And even then, they'd put warnings on to sort of say, this film is full of violence and death, so hit record now. And I'd be like, yeah, fine, brilliant. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but um, stuff like Freddy's Nightmares and, and things like that, they'd show it on um, Cartoon Network at like three in the morning because Cartoon Network shared airspace with TNT, um, 
which was basically um, holy like, shit! Imagine being a kid that couldn't sleep and you're like, watch a Cartoon Network, and then Freddy's Nightmares gets blasted right into your eyeballs. Definitely, oh, yeah. <laughs> after that. I'll never forget it because they had um, a child's play marathon one year, and Cartoon Network in the UK finished at eight o'clock in the afternoon. And they'd have all the sort of, you know, see you next time, kids, type, type trails. And then it cuts straight, hard cut into coming up this month, the child's play marathon. And you'd just see like Chucky disemboweling somebody. And I just thought, if Timmy stayed up 10 minutes later than, you know, the shutdown, he is having a ball right now. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> that that amazing. You hear stories of like uh, horror trailers playing in front of kids' movies. I'm sure you've seen these news stories, maybe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. yeah, that's funny. But, like, my wife doesn't even like there's this like commercial that they play in front of the movies here where it's like a fake slasher and it's totally just like a hey go get your candy type thing but like it is legit like kind of scary to play in front of fucking onward like <laughs> <laughs> dude it's funny too because uh like my kids will watch a lot of youtube videos and they'll watch they'll lay down and, and watch a youtube video before they go to bed well they share my account oh, so God. All of the trailers and stuff are tailored to me. Uh -huh. So they go, they go to watch some kid's video about, uh, I don't know, playing video games or something, and they'll get hit with a trailer for the new, uh, I don't know, A Quiet Place 2 just ran the other day, but uh, something else, maybe the new Conjuring movie or The Nun, and they're oh. like, oh, you know, it freaks them out. And I'm like, oh, crap, we got to put on like, <laughs> some sort of restrictions on there. <clears throat> It's cheaper than therapy bills, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Very true. But see, that's what I missed about miss about the 80s. The 80s did not give a fuck. They, no. <laughs> we all came out perfect from it. <laughs> I only like three fires a week now. It's great. <laughs> right. But no, nah, that is true. Like, our parent, my mom was letting me watch it when I was six. Like... My daughter's seven now, and I can't imagine my wife letting anything like that happen anytime soon. <laughs> Dude, when, when I was a kid, my sister and I would be sitting in the living room watching, for instance, my vaguest memory from it is uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. And we're sitting there watching Killer Clowns from Outer Space, and my mom comes out from cooking dinner or something, and she looks at the TV and goes, turn this crap off. And we're like, okay, we turn off the TV, we go to our room, and then we turn on the TV in there and finish the movie. And it's like, <laughs> horror was so readily available back then. And it's weird how so many of us watched it when we were, you know, four or five years old and we turned out, you know, pretty well-rounded for the most part. Yeah. And then nowadays that we shield our kids from that stuff like crazy. It's Well, I don't think like horror was as grotesque as it can be now when we were younger. Like, yeah, it was, it was slashers and there was, you know, some fucked up stuff out there. But the level of horror, like you're constantly pushing and you're constantly making things worse or more scary and shit. Mm -hmm. The stuff that, you know, stuff that comes out now would totally fuck me up if I saw it as a kid. Yeah. Like Evil Dead is a good, like Evil Dead is claymation. You know, like right. how much is that really going to fuck you up? It looks so fake. Right. Like, like, but yeah, you're watching things that look absolutely 100% real. Someone's arm getting hacked off as if it was in real fucking life. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, can you imagine being a little kid and seeing Terrifier by mistake? My daughter walked into a picture of the clown the other day. I just had a picture of art up on my screen because I was working on the uh, an interview of it, and she fucking freaked. That's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I felt so bad. She ran out of the room. <laughs> so funny story. 
<laughs> well, the, the thing is as well, and this is a this is a, a brilliant thing from being in the UK is because the BBFC was so sort of prudish about what was allowed to be seen and what wasn't allowed to be seen. I watched films growing up and thought, oh, these are hardcore. And then like last year, year before, they've started coming out uncut. So for example, Sleepaway Camp had like eight minutes missing. And that was all the good kills, all the gore, all the blood, everything was gone. So like people would get stabbed and before they even got like the, the, the up close shot of the head being decapitated or whatever, it would just cut to the next scene. So watching these films back now, I'm sat there going, this is a lot bloodier than I remember. <laughs> what this happened? And then I'd go back and watch the other one and go, you bastards, how dare you? <laughs> Listen, last October, I was watching Terrifire because I hadn't seen it, right? And I kept hearing about Art the Clown and I saw it was on Netflix. I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch this. So I said, middle of the day, I sit down and start watching it. And it's my three-year-old <laughs> comes walking into the living room Right when he has Dawn upside down and is no. and he stops and he looks at the TV and he watches this chick get sawed in half and then he just looks at me and he goes, "What's up with that, Dad?" <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, he's a bad clown." And he was like, "All right." <laughs> All right. <laughs> And then, like, he tried to get up on the couch, and I was like, your mom will kill us both. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but if I wasn't married and it was just me and him, I totally would have let him watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think we overemphasize what affects... Like, kids are fucking smart. They know what's real. They know what's fake. And fucking... Like, even half the times my daughter reacts to stuff, I think she's reacting because she thinks she's supposed to be scared. Because, mm-hmm. like... The second she, like, th- there's been times where, like, it's either the music playing in a video or, like, whatever. She sees something out, out of the corner of my screen, and she'll be, like, she'll act scared real quick, and then she just goes back to normal. You're not really scared. Like, you've been socially conditioned to think this is supposed to be scary. Cut <laughs> it out. Cut it out. You're my daughter. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that was my son. He wasn't worried at all. He was like, I, as a matter of fact, he's like, I dig this. I would like to subscribe to your magazine and try to get up on the couch. Dude, you got to get him on a show. You got to interview your son on the podcast. <laughs> well, I mean, he's four now, so that'd be pretty interesting. Do you like a, a boyhood type uh, retrospect on like his whole childhood experiencing horror? Like do an episode once a month? He does watch a lot of it. He ain't no bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Who else, Mike? You have? Do you let your kids uh, watch horror? Um, so I, with my younger son, he was really into it. Like I, I have two sons, and they're both polar opposites. Like my younger son was all about it, and then they switched somehow. So like my younger son was really into it, and my older son couldn't watch any of it. And now my older son is really into horror, mm. and now my younger son can't deal with it at all. Which I, you know, it's surprising how that happened. But I can't think of any one in particular time. Like, my older son will creep out my younger son all the time. Because, again, like, YouTube is a whole different animal and shit. <laughs> they like to go on there and, like, look up shit. Like, like my older son will go up to my younger son and be like, let's stay up till 3 o'clock in the morning and call 666 so that way we can talk to the devil. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of shit that they do. Fuck, yeah. But like, come on. like, I'm sure all of us have had our time where it's like, turn off the lights and say Candyman three times in America. Oh, like, yeah. You know? 
they they go through that. But like they none of them freak out too much except for my younger son. He's the only one that can't see any of it. Dude, that's like the opposite because like my youngest son is all about it. Well, not he's not the youngest anymore, but like the four year is all about it. And my oldest is eleven. And like there's some that like he just can't handle. And then like they'll be upstairs playing. And like I hear the four year old, he's like, <laughs> and then like you just hear the <laughs> kick go, stop. I said stop it. <laughs> you want to tell him the secret to getting rid of him is to just very slowly and calmly chant the words Klaatu Verada Nikto. Nice. <laughs> But it's funny, and like I can't even yell at him because I think it's I, I'm a, I'm a horrible parent. I think it's hilarious that a little kid is carrying a bigger one. But <laughs> yeah, that's great. Right, I think it's cool. Like I'm pretty sure I heard my daughter like like humming or, or doing the psycho music one day. Like like I think it's so cool that certain things in horror are like embedded in in kids before they've even seen it. Like I remember. I don't even think I had seen Friday the 13th yet. It's just like somehow it gets to you. You oh, know, <laughs> one, two, Freddy's coming for you. Definitely knew that before I watched fucking Nightmare on Elm Street. Right? Oh, yeah. That's I was talking about somebody about that. Oh, I think it was when I did like the Slasher Saturday thing, like that very first one I did. And like that was one of my things because I said like Freddy was the king. I'm like, there's people in the world that have never seen a, a single Elm Street movie. But they know who the fuck Freddy Krueger is, dude. It's like the Superman of horror. Like the the Superman logo is ubiquitous. You don't have to read a comic or see a movie. You know who the fuck Superman is. It's true. And the Freddy is our Superman. I would argue even more. Even though I'm a Team Voorhees, I'd argue that he's better known than Jason Voorhees. I would argue that he's better than Jason Voorhees. Yeah, yeah we, we know your argument. <laughs> Cool. Well, freaking physical media is the winner uh, to everyone here. Other thing we wanted to talk about this week, uh, Darcy the male girl, Diana Prince, keeps on having her likes being turned off by Twitter because people are just, you know, people are just using it uh, uh, like abundantly right now to try and stay in contact. And if you retweet and like things too much, Twitter turns off your ability to do so. Have you guys ever run into this with your accounts? Or like, I know Matt, you had responded to, to Darcy the other day about this. What are your, your thoughts on them doing that? It's some goddamn bullshit and they just need to let that woman live her best life. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Her argument is right now with all these live tweets and live watch alongs, this is what builds our sense of community. Like it's a silly little thing, but like- It's just so arbitrary. Like, hmm. like, you, like people are using your app for the the for for the thing that you designed it for, mm -hmm. and now you're like, oh, well, you're using it too much. Okay, Dad. <laughs> yeah, it's just like an arbitrary number to be like you've liked the, too many things in a certain amount of time. Uh, you're not allowed to. Because I think it's a, it's a little thing, but clicking on a heart for someone's thing, like people, so so many people throw tweets out there that literally get no retweets or no likes, and like just getting one or two from someone. Some people are like, "Oh, dang, that's really meaningful and impactful." And when you're sitting at home with no physical interaction with people, just a little fucking heart can make the difference sometimes. Sure. It's, it's yeah, fucking absolutely. silly, but real. <laughs> I've uh, I've never run into it on Twitter just yet, but I have run into it on Instagram, where. Yeah. If I like to, like, I've liked things so much on Instagram that I've gotten a month long ban. 
They just went like for a month. Yeah, I couldn't do anything but message people. Dang. That's so stupid. How did that feel? How did that make you feel? Um, not good, you know. I just felt like something was wrong with me, you know. I internalized. Yeah. Show show us on this doll where Instagram touched you. Getting there, messaging everyone like, "I'm sorry, I couldn't like your picture." Yeah, yeah, exactly. I just like the idea of all these social media platforms just being like, "You know what your problem is? You're all too happy." <laughs> How dare you share stuff? <laughs> right, so I, have nice. of, I have a friend on Facebook, which his whole niche is like, he sad reacts everything. Whether it's happy, whether it's actually sad, whether it makes him happy, <laughs> he sad reacts literally everything. And he gets banned for it too. Uh, well, <laughs> you react a certain way consistently without Facebook getting pissed at you. Yeah, I guess. I mean, you can tell. I, I, I see certain... On Twitter, that like you could just tell her bots, obviously, like all they do is like or something. And like, I don't know how some of them get away with it. Like, you know, just stay within the parameters, man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure people like learn the parameters too. Like, you could probably set bots to like like just the right amount of stuff in an hour. Like, they sit there and like test, you know, what's going to ban them and what's not. I'm just imagining these like fucking. These bastards that create these bots in their th- you know thinking process now. <laughs> I like that for you, the bastards. They're bastards. <laughs> these bastards with their way. I got caught up by a bot when I first got on Twitter. There's this bot called Linda who will just uh, tweet random assortments of things like being a comic fan will you know have you sodomized and sent to hell or like <laughs> horror movies wow. or the devil's playground or like just like and, and so I responded thinking this was a person and I got caught up responding two or three times and i was like oh i see what's happening and a few weeks later or months later i was doing some like random searches about this and i found a blog that this girl runs where she runs the bot and makes fun of people who responds to it so there's there's screenshots of my conversation making fun of me i was like fuck i was like this bitch i was like she got me and now it's all up in here for people to see like (laughs) (laughs) my favorite bot on twitter at the minute and it's so stupid it's a twitter account called endless screaming and literally the entire account all it does every 10 minutes is post a tweet just going and that's it <laughs> every 10 minutes and occasionally it'll re- retweet people with a comment that goes Arr! and that's it it's normally re- aimed at like people who say stuff that's going to get them cancelled things like that it's just it's a brilliant little account it's so stupid but it's just nice to wake up every morning and know that as long as that's there everything's okay I'm literally following <laughs> up right now <laughs> the world will continue yeah I follow Linda are you kidding me that she's the best spot in the world everything she says is gold <laughs> When the screen bot goes silent, that's when we know it's it's hit the <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I like that on this podcast we're just promoting Linda and endless screaming. <laughs> There's no rhyme or reason to this. <laughs> so um that's all I had. What do you guys want to discuss? What do you guys have coming up on each of your channels? Um TYTD, what's Dan, what are you releasing this Friday? 
Ooh, now that is a very good question. If memory serves, because I work quite far in advance, yeah. uh, if memory serves, I believe that the next review that I have coming up is a comedy film, a British comedy film, a terrible British comedy film, a terrible British comedy film that will probably make you want to lose your lunch and your eyes in equal measure. Whoa. It's called Mad Cows. It was released in 1999, and it's literally just a hot mess of a movie. Yeah. <laughs> so every Friday at what time zone? 2.30? Uh, it's 2.30 p.m. GMT, so I, yep. I'm not sure what time that would be for you guys. Um, 10.30 Eastern. So every Friday, 10.30 Eastern, you can find a new review from TYTD uh, this week. Check out, what did you say it was called again? It's called Mad Cows. It was released in 1999. And we also have a commentary going live on Tuesday. Um, me and my co-partner on the commentary series, his name is Ben, he's a very nice man, um, are going through all of the James Bond movies. And we're starting with Dr. No on Tuesday. Dang. So, you got a lot done. <laughs> I, I basically just free base caffeine. It's great. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Uh, Mike, what do you got coming up? I, I know you mentioned last night you're working on your next your next review. Yeah, yeah. I got a couple of stuff coming out now. Tomorrow, it looks like uh, my Joe's Apartment review comes out. That's right. So nice. that'll be happening. Yeah, I knew, uh, I knew you would like that, John. Um, so yeah, I got that coming out. I'm doing Sleepaway Camp 3. And then I'm, I have Brad Thornton coming on my show. So that way we can talk about Night of the Creeps. Nice. Awesome. Nice. Nice. I love that movie. Yeah, it's a fun one. It's, a, it's yeah, it's, we have some interesting stuff to say about it. Freaking awesome! And then, uh, John, uh, you're working on Wrong Turn Two right now, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm currently working on Wrong Turn Two since I don't have a, a really set schedule, and I'm technically on hiatus until Ghostface returns. Um, I'm going to see how many of the Wrong Turn scripts I can get knocked out before I start doing the actual shooting the footage for them, and then I'll. I'll get those together. I've got a couple uh, that I'm working on right now. One of them that is actually pretty close to being able to be released that I should just hurry up and finish, but it's for the ritual. Have you guys seen that movie? Oh, the ritual is yeah. fucking good. Right. Dude, like isn't it, man, that movie is so amazing. It's funny. I was uh, ever since Joe Lynch, I uh, got tagged on Twitter in my post about wrong turn Two. Uh -huh. um, I started listening to the movie crypt podcast. Yeah. It's the movie crypt. Yeah, it's the movie crypt podcast. So it's it's Joe Lynch and Adam Green, and they basically just talk about stuff. And occasionally they have directors on. And they had a director, the director of the Ritual, on. And it was so funny listening to him talk about the movie The Ritual because he he talked about how he'd be standing there and they'd have part of a convenience store built up in this forest, and he goes, and I would just sit there and I'd go, yep this is the last movie I'd ever do because <laughs> he thought it was going to turn out so bad. And it's hard to imagine the end product of that movie going, I made a real stinger because that movie is so flipping good. It's anyway, that's an amazing movie. It's one of my top five movies of the last five years. Um, so I went ahead and did a, an episode of that, but I haven't quite finished the editing process. So I just need to take care of that one and get it out. And then after that, it's going to be the wrong turn series. 
I'm going to do a couple singles here and there. I am going to do one for Selfie Man. Uh, and then there's a few other movies that I've watched in the past that I kind of want to throw into there. And then, uh, yeah, aside from that, just keeping up with uh, Ghost Fake and his uh, progress through the night, uh, sorry, through the Friday the 13th films. Um, and then I'm trying to find them at least. Yeah, yeah, Last exactly. I think he's lost. I, he's lost at this point. We have no idea who, where he is. We haven't heard back from him for a while. Uh, but once, and then his grand return, I think, in November. So there's that. That's about all I've got going on right now. That's awesome, though. And, and Matt, I know uh, tomorrow you have a, a Silence of the Lambs episode coming out. Uh, well, it'll, well, it'll probably be Tuesday now <laughs> because, <laughs> because our recording got pushed off last night because of the crazy fucking thunderstorm. Oh, yes, that's correct. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, yeah. Tuesday, Silence of the Lambs. We're, you know, we're going to talk about that and, you know, pretty much let you all not all know that, like, during this COVID-19 epidemic, you know, make sure you don't catch it a nasty disease, but also remember to put the lotion on its skin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we want to be moisturized. And then, basically, we go into April. And, like, this is the first time where I'm going into a month where I actually know what the hell I'm doing. Nice. And, it was pretty much my because I let my wife pick the movies for April. So, you know, maybe I should let her do that more often. <laughs> uh, you, you know, because we did, she, well, April's her, April is her birthday month. Like, you know, it's the 24th. So I'm like, okay, it's your birthday next month. You're my co host. You will, we'll do all the movies you want to do because she sits there and she watches all the movies that I want to watch, you know, and they're usually always like 80 slashers or, or eight some kind of eighties movies. Cause that's when I grew up and like, she hates old movies. <laughs> so like, <laughs> you know, like she slogs through them. So I'm like, all right, you pick. So and I'm sure you guys saw the poll, you know, it was, uh, Amityville, the conjuring, the diary, uh, the autopsy of Jane Doe and insidious, which, uh, that just ended in, in um, the conjuring actually won at 32%. So wow. that'll be the first one we cover in April. And then Amityville Horror and Jane Doe actually tied at 28. So I guess we'll just decide which one of those goes next. And then Insidious just like basically came limping in and needs to be put down. <laughs> like it got like 12% of the vote. So, right. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's awesome. Do you have any interviews or anything for April? Oh, yeah, I do. Hold on. Let me, let me think, y'all. Um, well, I'm finally getting back around to captive. I'm supposed to talk to them. Okay, on, all right. Uh, April fourth, and you know, get theirs up by the sixth, and then I think I'm talking this now. I think I'm talking to Body Farm, but we haven't really nailed anything down yet. And I am continuing in my long game of liking all of Barbara Crampton's tweets, <laughs> <laughs> so, replying to everything she says, yes. <laughs> just hoping to start a dialogue. <laughs> Long game, son. Long game. Dude, she'll notice you one day. <laughs> I know. I'll get a restraining order in the mail. Like, I was going to say she's going to block him when she notices him. <laughs> oh, right. let's not even talk about that, Mr. Ask for Nudes. <laughs> hey, right. I told you it would get her attention. <laughs> so my family is walking in. They were they were just out at, at Grandma's house visiting real quick. So that's a perfect time to wrap this up. Um, what um, what I got going this week is the same as every week. Uh, we got mutantfam.com. We're helping run the Mutant Theater uh, polls for our Friday Night Live tweet. Go to Mutant Theater 2 on Twitter to vote for Ladies Week or Ladies Night this week. Um, uh, I voted for Bride of Chucky. I think everyone else should also vote for Bride of Chucky. Uh, and head to mutantfam.com for links to everyone. We got links to TYTD. We got links to 
to Garage of Horror, Video Creep, uh, and Ghostface Survivor's Guilt, obviously. Everyone's Twitter and Instagram and, and websites are all linked through there, so you can find us all. Um, with that, gentlemen, you know, we're going to do this again next week. Awesome. Cool. Stuff. I like awesome. It. Thank you we all. We've got to come up with a case for next week. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we still got that Freddy one going on. <laughs> Why do you want to talk about Freddy's dick so bad? Get his face. <laughs>